children. It's about 10 to 5 a.m. on February 15th. Just walked to the office and I'm about to make some coffee and uh, get into a new book of the Bible. The next book is Ruth, but your mom wants to do Ruth and Esther. She didn't really do anything else, I mean, but she specifically says she wants to do Ruth and Esther, so I'm gonna let her do that. But no reason for me not to start Samuel. It's like every young boy's favorite parts of the Bible. All the really cool stories you heard about in Sunday school. They kind of get wrong most of the time. Excuse me, sorry. So, listen to that. And, uh, just, it was windy this morning, really cold. I really bundled up. Just found out I'm going to be a great uncle for the fourth time. It's really exciting. My oldest nephew, his wife is pregnant. And at my father's funeral, uh, they were there, his, him and his wife, who's just a sweetheart. And she just had this glow, glow about her. I kind of knew, and actually so did my other sisters that were there. But uh, I tried hinting at it, and they were like, oh, no, yeah, we'll definitely let you know. <laughs> it was fine. I mean, you... One, one of the things people don't do is announce pregnancies early because in the first trimester, it's where the most complications could arise and where like 90 to 95% of miscarriages happen. So it's, it's hard to, a lot of people think it's bad luck and a lot of people just don't want to do it because then they'd have to announce that they had a miscarriage, you know? So, so now they're, they're in their second trimester statistically out of the woods, but still not, you know, so we pray for them constantly. It's just crazy, because I remember when my sister was pregnant with him, and now he's going to be a dad. He's going to be a great dad, too. But, uh, I remember when I was leading a group of boys in the church youth group, one of the leaders, a woman who's a, a nurse, announced that she was pregnant, and I didn't know that she had miscarriages before. And so she told me, she, told, she pretty much told the church, and our church is, would probably qualify as a mega church, I guess. There's like four to, no, more like five to 6,000 attendees. And I went up to her one day, like, like a, a week later, I was like, hey, how are you feeling? You know, I just want to be encouraging. And... I was smiling, which I never do anyways to people, but she, her and her husband are great people. And she like put her head down and I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe I just did that. And they were in the second trimester, but this is like her fifth or sixth pregnancy. It's really sad. But, you know, she ended up getting pregnant and I have a baby, which is great. Um, and even not, they, they actually adopted as well, because her husband was adopted. So, 
So anyways, great uncle number four, and I am an uncle to 10 on my, um, see I'm an uncle to 10 blood nieces and nephews. And with my dad's marriage, I think I'm an uncle to like, I think three or four more. No, one, two, three, four, like five more or something. I don't know. I don't really keep in touch. I keep in touch with one. I'll text her once in a while because she's living with your grandma then. Anyways, these, these are things you already know, so don't need to recount it. Okay. Ooh, read a lot. I didn't realize Ruth was so short. Just four chapters, but tell you what, Samuel, first we're gonna start first Samuel today. And I'm excited. Because this is where Samuel, the prophet, comes, and uh, Saul rises up as a king, and then David succeeds him. David's relationship with Jonathan, and of course, David and Goliath, Solomon, Bathsheba, all these stories are going to be read in first in the next like six books, first and second Samuel. First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, and we're gonna until we get to the New Testament. These next six books are going to detail the reasons why we named you guys, at least you boys, your names. It's coming out of these chapters, and of course I'll hint at it. And if you're listening to this and you're not one of my four children, you'll if, you know if you're actually paying attention, you'll be able to hear it, and. Uh, but this is, if you're like a young kid, these are probably going to be your favorite books in the Bible because there's a lot of action. There's a lot of killing. There's a lot of crazy stories. <laughs> there's one story where, and we'll get to it, but it's funny. Um, <clears throat> it's one story where King, or not King, but yeah, King Saul tells David, hey, if you want my daughter's hand in marriage, you're going to have to bring me back a hundred Philistine foreskins. And David brings back 200. And I was talking to a friend about that story and they're like, that never happened in the Bible. And I turned to the entrepreneur. She's 11 years old. And she's like, yeah. And I think she quoted the, the book in the Bible, which is just hilarious. A lot of stuff going on right now in our family. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. Your mom and I never celebrated it. Just to give you an update before I start reading. We've never uh, we've never celebrated Valentine's Day. When we started dating, I was bagging groceries at Lucky's, trying to pay my way through junior college. And and I did. I did pay. But that's when junior college wasn't that expensive. Um, and I, I, I always had to work on Valentine's Day. They always, because it's a kind of a busy holiday. And grocery stores, and so on and so forth. And your mom was like, she was never into Thanksgiving, or Thanksgiving, and Valentine's Day anyways. And so she, and, and she made a point not to have boyfriends on Valentine's Day when she was, like, before she started dating me. So we decided to just celebrate Valentine's Day on the 15th. And no gifts, just, like, hanging out, you know, not even a card. And we've always abided by that. Skip forward um, 14 years, like after we started dating, and I actually proposed on February 15th to your mom. 
She may not remember that day. I remember it like it was yesterday. I'll tell that story eventually. Maybe when we get to Song of Solomon, your mom and I might read that together. Uh, that might be a little awkward. But it's in the Bible, so we're going to do it. A lot of things are awkward in the Bible for me to read to my children. I don't care. It's God's Word. I'm just looking ahead. See how far we'll get. I think we'll get... There's 31 chapters in Samuel. I think I'm going to read this in three chapter... In blocks of three chapters, so... See, move this aside. There's my phone. I left the house and it was windy, and it sounded like someone was trying to open the main bedroom's door. A little creepy. Woke a lot of kids up. The king ran to me when I was in, in inspecting the grounds room. He's like, I'm scared. It's like, oh, I'm so, we're, we're safe. And he went to the bathroom, went straight to bed, into our bed, and like was under general anesthesia. I mean, he went straight down. Like, I tried, tried touching his nose and his face, and he was out. It's cute. He's such a sweetheart. Oh, another thing. Uh, my The entrepreneur showed me a, a, a valentine she got on her desk. It was an envelope that had nothing in it, but it was sealed, and it said to, um, you know, the entrepreneur's name, and it said, from your secret admire, admire, and it's, I think I took a picture of it. I have to say exactly that. It's so cute. It said, to, and the entrepreneur's name, you are the sunshine in me, from, and it said, your secret admirer, with a red heart. So we'll, we'll see what that means. Hopefully it's not like some girls being mean to, to her. If it is, I'm, I'm going to have to kill some people. Kids can be cruel. Hopefully, I, I know I'm, it's just crazy I'm rooting for it, but I hope it's just like that. Uh, hope hope it's just someone being cute. <sighs> so <I> mean. <sighs> it's 5 a.m., let's do it. First Samuel, chapter 1. There's a certain man of Ramathaim Zophan of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jerom, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, and, and Ephra, Ephrathite. He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninnah. Peninnah. Huh? And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from the city to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her. Though the Lord had closed her womb, and her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat, and Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep, and why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. 
She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me, and not forget your servant, but will give to you, give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. Another Nazarene oath, by the way. Just take a sip. Remember, this is the same oath. Um, um, similar uh, oath in uh, Judges, where we're describing Samson. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, and only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord. I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to her their house at Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. The man Elkanah and all in his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her along with a three-year-old bull and an ephah of flour and skin of wine. And she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh, and the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, O oh my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who is standing here in the presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition and I made, that I made him. That I made to him, sorry. Therefore I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord there. It was an amazing act of faith. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord. There is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit and in, inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness, for not by might shall a man prevail. 
The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, and the boy ministered to the Lord in the presence of Eli the priest. Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to read that again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord. The custom of the priests with the people that was when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant would come while the meat was boiling with a three-pronged fork in his hand, and he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. Although the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is what they did at Shiloh to all the Israelites who came here. There. Moreover, before the fat was burned, the priest's servant would come and say to the man who was sacrificing, Give meat for the priest to roast, for he will not accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. And if the man said to him, Let them burn the fat first, and then take as much as you wish, he would say, No, you must give it now, and if not, I will take it by force. Thus the sin of the young man was very great in the sight of the Lord, for the men treated the offering of the Lord with contempt. Samuel was ministering before the Lord. Time jump. Uh, to a, let's see. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with a linen ephod, and his mother used to make and his mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year, when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, "May the Lord give you children by this woman, for the petition she asked of the Lord." So then they would return to their home. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah; she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. And the young man Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. Now Eli was very old, and he kept hearing all that his sons were doing to all Israel, and how they lay with the women who were serving at the entrance to the tent of meeting. And he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. No, my sons, it is not good. It is no good. No, my sons, it is no good report that I hear the people of the Lord spreading abroad. If someone sins against a man, God will mediate for him. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. Now the young man, Samuel, continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with man. And there came a man to God of God to Eli and said to him, Thus the Lord has said, Did I indeed reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt, subject to the house of Pharaoh? Did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? I gave to the house of your father all of my offerings by fire from the people of Israel. Why then do you scorn my sacrifice and my offerings that I commanded, and honor your sons above me by fattening yourselves on the choicest parts of every offering of my people Israel? Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, I promise that your house and the house of your father should go in and out before me forever. But now the Lord declares, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming when I will cut off your strength and the strength of your father's house, so that there will not be an old man in your house. Then in distress you will look with envious eye on all the prosperity that shall be bestowed on Israel, and there shall not be an old man in your house forever. The only one of you whom I shall not cut off from my altar shall be spared to weep his eyes out, to grieve his heart, and all the descendants of your house shall die by the sword of men. And this shall come upon your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, 
shall be the sign to you both, to, oh, excuse me, sign to you. Both of them shall die on the same day. And I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house, and he shall go in and out before my anointed forever. And everyone who is left in your house shall come to implore him for a piece of silver or a loaf of bread, and shall say, Please put me on one of these priest's places, that I may eat a morsel of bread. Pause real quick. All right. Chapter 3. Now the young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I do not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he rose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the young man. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling uh, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. That's, this seems terrifying. <laughs> then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel, at which... The two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end, and I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning, then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also, if you hide anything from me uh, of all that he told you. So, And let me just stop right there. I That seems like a BS request. Um, seems, it's almost like, don't hold anything back from me. It's, I don't know. It seems like Eli's kind of knows what God's about to say, or what God said. It appears to be like a guilt trip. I hope I don't do that to you guys. Uh, so Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet to the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. These were pretty short chapters. I bet I could do chapter 4. Chapter 4 is going to really set the stage. Chapter 4. 
And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines. They encamped at Ebenezer, and the Philistines encamped at Aphek. The Philistines drew up in line against Israel, and when battle spread, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men on the field of battle. When the troops came to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord here from Shiloh, that it may come among us and save us from the power of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh and brought uh, from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, who is enthroned on the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. As soon as the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel gave a mighty shout, so that the earth resounded. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shouting, they said, What does this great shouting in the camp of the Hebrews mean? And when they learned that the Ark of the Lord had come to the camp, the Philistines were afraid, for they said, A god has come into the camp. And they said, Woe to us, for nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us, who can deliver us from the power of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with every sort of plague in the wilderness. Take courage and be men, O Philistines, lest you become slaves of the Hebrews, and they have been to you. Be men and fight. So So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated. And they fled every man to his home. And there was uh, a very great slaughter, and there fell of Israel thirty thousand foot soldiers. And the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas died. A man of Benjamin ran from the battle line and came to Shiloh the same day with his clothes torn and with dirt on his head. When he arrived, Eli was sitting on a seat by the road watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told the news, all the city cried out. When Eli heard the sound of the outcry, he said, What is the uproar? Then the man hurried and came and told Eli. Now Eli was ninety-eight years old, and his eyes were set so that he could not see. And the man said to Eli, I am he who has come from the battle. I fled from the battle today. And he said, How did it go, my son? He who brought the news answered, and he said, Israel has fled. Israel has fled before the Philistines. And there has also been a great defeat among the people. Your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. As soon as he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell over backwards from his seat by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died. For the man was old and heavy. He had judged Israel forty years. Now his daughter-in-law, the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant, about to give birth. And when she heard the news that the ark of God was captured, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed and gave birth, for her pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the woman attending, and about the time of her... About the time of her death, the woman attending her said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have borne a son. But she did not answer or pay attention, and she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel, because the ark of God has been captured, and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. Now, it's, I don't think it's any mystery, mystery why... The Ark of God was captured, and the Philistines killed 30,000 Israelites. Eli was not a very good judge or prophet. Other prophets in the Bible, if their children blasphemed God, they, those prophets would immediately kill them. Later on, you're going to see Samuel in action, and he's going to be 
he's going to rebuke Saul, and he's going to do some, for lack of a better term, badass things to some evil kings. The reason the Israelites lost that battle is because they were treating the Ark of the Covenant, or the Ark of God, as some talisman. They weren't revering it as God. They brought it into their camp thinking, oh, this will do it. But they had no faith, seemingly. If they did, really, if, if, they, if you really think about the story, if the Israelites did have faith, they would have killed Eli's sons the moment they blasphemed God. And God would have ordained that. So Eli, even though he's a man of God, it's pretty obvious he wasn't a great prophet or a judge or leader because he allowed all these blasphemies to happen. Now, if you guys blaspheme God, I'm not going to murder you or kill you. Um, but it'll really make me um, heartbroken if you guys do. And I, I won't disown you, but I, I just hope you guys never blaspheme our, our Lord. It's a great sin. And we need to take God completely serious because God is God. And it's hard to even fathom God in all his glory and wisdom. So coming from just my biblical background, the Israelites were routed because they did not see God as God. And their leaders went unpunished for many years. Finally, a leader is rising up named Samuel, who's going to turn things around. You know, the, it's, you know, like I said this before, the story of Israel is the story of faith. And then the story of, like, it's like valleys and pits. Now they're kind of like in a pit and they need a leader to, to rise up. And bring them back to God. And that's what Samuel's going to do. And it's going to be amazing. And uh, God will... God will forgive them. Like he always does. But there always is a punishment with sin. And that's one of the reasons people fear God. Because it's the beginning of wisdom. So... Hope you guys have a great day. And uh, wherever you are in life, wherever you are listening, I, I hope you guys are close to each other. Nothing would bring me more joy than to know you guys are close, no matter what you've done to each other. Forgive, love, always be in your, your guys' corners, because um, it would make me very happy. And in all that you do, in the remainder of your days, do it for the kingdom and the king. I love you. In Christ alone, my hope is found. 
my light, my strength, my song This cornerstone, this solid ground Firm through the fiercest drought and storm What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are stilled, when striving sings My comforter Commands my destiny. No. Power. 